It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Welcome, welcome to Unwired with Jim Pyers. I am Jim Pyers, <laughs> aka the Wire, your unwired host. To get things rolling again, it's going to just be me today. Kicking off after almost a year absence. So buckle in. Uh, it's been an extremely long self-imposed hiatus, but I'm back. Actually, I moved about three times, changed states, schools for the kids, and worked to escape California. <laughs> Unfortunately, Arizona hasn't proved to be much better. It's got the same disease that infected California long ago, so we're doing our best here. Uh, stolen elections and all the same stuff that was happening in California is happening here now. Uh, you've read about it, so I'm not going to go into that stuff today. But today I want to focus uh, kind of on some new things, a new format. I'm going to have guests uh, regularly again, and today is just the kickoff, but I'll have guests coming in uh, from all around. And um, I'm going to focus on kind of my new sources of information, the things that I've been getting my news and information from over the past year or two. Uh, to help you and give you some both entertaining information and also uh, some newsworthy sources for data. Anyway, let's look into uh, today's show. Uh, just get to the meat and potatoes uh, for what I've been listening to. Mostly it's been um, still the No Agenda show with Adam and John. Uh, they, th that show's continued to improve. And uh, they've gotten it just tighter and tighter, and it's grown. Uh, Adam appeared on Joe Rogan a couple times, and Megyn Kelly, and <laughs> he's going around making the rounds with a bunch of folks. So he's doing really well, um, attracting people to listen to the No Agenda show. So the show's really grown, and the quality of the show and the kind of information that they've been able to provide with the large producer network is uh, is really outstanding. So that's one of my recommendations. And these links will all be in the show notes, but that's noagendashow.com. It's really just the best news deconstruction show there is. Uh, no BS. Adam and John are kind of comedic journalist news model innovators of the highest order. So in the morning to them. Also, you know, the, the comeback of Jordan Peterson, who still remains, a, you know, one of the great thinkers of our time. And uh, despite his significant health issues, which almost took him out, I continue to read and absorb his, his books and his content and his audio. You know, his, when he returned, uh, he was probably at 50, 60 percent. And I'd say right now he's back up to in the 90s somewhere. He's doing pretty well. Seems anyway, from what you can tell. Uh, but, you know, he, he joined the Daily Wire, and I was skeptical about that. I'm not a big fan of some of the folks there, especially Ben Shapiro. I, never, I always thought he was a spook. And some of the other folks, you know, I'm on the fence on. Uh... You know, there's just something about them and who's funding it. And it's just a little sketchy. Uh, smells a little bit like a, a psyop. And even the gal that's in the big controversy with Ben right now. Um, even she, she's married to some English guy who definitely has spook tendencies. Uh, what's her name? Candace. Uh, so Candace has really got the, the marriage uh, thing concerns me. She has been saying some of the right things, so reserve judgment on her, but a little sketchy. Anyway, Jordan still, when he's on his game, he's one of the best. He's really, uh, great person to listen to and learn from. And then uh, I, I continue to 
read a lot of Thomas Sowell's books. Uh, maybe one of the other smartest guys on the planet. And so I, I'm always reading one of his books or watching a lot of his content. Um, and there's links in past episodes about Dr. Sowell and Dr. Peterson. So those will all be in the show notes. Um, I listen to Joe Rogan now and then. A lot of these guys, you know, we found uh, through Joe because he has so many diverse guests, unique guests, I should say. Um, he's willing to almost let anyone on. Not Trump, though. <laughs> but pretty much everybody else comes on Joe Rogan's show, including Adam and Jordan and many others. I don't think he's ever had Thomas Sowell on either. But the thing about Joe's show, two things. One is he, he went under a little bit like Jordan. You know, he went into Spotify. And Spotify is sketchy. And I just don't like their software. It's crap software. It's hard to use. It's hard to find what you want. They're always pushing other stuff on you. You know, if you just want to watch Joe Rogan, you know, you got to kind of go peel some onions to to get to it. It's very annoying. So, you know, and I've, I've used it recently and it's gotten better, but um, it just, it's just annoying. It's almost like Adobe software. It's just, it sort of does a good thing, but it's just so annoying you don't want to use it. Um, but yeah, so I do occasionally listen to Joe and some of his stuff. Uh, what? One of my, the newer ones, and you, you, uh, my audience, you've known all that. So, um, but I've got a couple of new ones that I've been listening to lately, and so one is Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, he has an interesting daily podcast, and he does news, which his news coverage is a little annoying. Um, it's often not that compelling. He's a little too careful, for my taste. Um, holds back on a lot of things when you kind of feel like he definitely has other opinions. Uh, but I like I like the final segment of his show, and he 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 unpacks or explains and deconstructs really a wide variety of things from mythology and you know Aristotle and Plato and to uh, famous authors or books. Uh, he's working right now. He's doing Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago. And Dinesh is really has, you know, amazing skills at dissecting these works of literature and explaining them and picking out the important parts and what Solzhenitsyn was trying to tell us using this one for an example. But there's many others. He, he's he's done a bunch of really interesting uh, segments. It's always the last segment. It's usually the last 15 minutes of his podcast. And really, I think that's one of his greatest strengths. Uh, he, he's also pretty good at these movies. You probably he did the movies about Obama and Clinton, and I think that's what got him into trouble. But also, he's um, his most recent. Movie. Uh, he did a election call or an election movie called what was it? Uh, the Mules. I have to look that one up. Um, but he did one about all the people stuffing ballots all around the country on video, and especially in the five uh, you know states that were most involved in the cheating. It's like Arizona, uh, Georgia, Nevada. I think Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, but uh, he d he did a really good job in that movie. Two Thousand Mules, I think, is what it was called. And then now he has a new movie out. Just came out a few weeks ago, and it's really about the uh, police state. I think the name of the movie is Police State. Highly recommend that. Um, his movies are really interesting. Usually makes a, a good point without going over the top and he's yeah he's he's got pretty good at that so this police state movies i think it's got pretty good traction and definitely be worth taking a look at um 
So that's Dinesh um, and his podcast. And he has some other things that he's doing that are worth, you know, checking out. Uh, the other guy that I've gotten into uh, who's, who's, who's really, you know, just used to be a sports guy. <laughs> and he was a good sports uh, talking head. But a little, uh, you know, I always found him a little uh, abrasive. And he, he kind of went, he'd go after different people. And a lot of his takes, I think, were spot on. But, yeah, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Now, I, I wasn't really a fan. I was neutral. I wasn't really a fan. But, you know, every now and then I'd hear one of his takes. And I thought they were pretty interesting. But I started listening to him uh, in his own podcast, which is Fearless. And Jason's interesting because he's been kind of canceled by ESPN and Fox Sports and a bunch of places where he's been because of his strong opinions. And he he, he has a, a religious, strong Christian religious beliefs. And he started to make those public and kind of his journey, make his journey public as part of the show. So it's really a uh, an eclectic combination of of sports talk and God talk and politics. He's gotten into politics, sort of drug into politics like all of us uh, who aren't, weren't really political, but the sense they're like having the boot on our neck, we really don't have much choice but to get into politics. And uh, I think that's what's happened with Jason and many others. But I really recommend the Fearless Show. Um, yeah, I, his voice is a lot like mine, uh, in my opinion. You know, I'm not as smart as that guy, but he's. I just feel like a lot of things he says, uh, I can hear myself saying those things. And um, yeah, and he was a kind of a semi, you know, a athlete. You know, played in college and stuff like me. You know, Never really made it in the big time, but uh, he, he he was, uh, you know, he, he falls back a lot on his the lessons learned in sports. And he's got a lot of regular folks that have appeared that are really interesting people. Uh, the one that I really liked the most was recently banished, Royce White. Real strange story and interesting guy from Minneapolis. Uh but I, I, I do like to listen to Royce, and they had some good back and forth. Uh, T.J. Moe, and these, a lot of them are athletes. So Royce White was an NBA player, uh, MMA fighter, got done a bunch of different things. Real interesting athlete, had a lot of talent. Um, T.J. Moe was wide receiver in college, and I think he got some t run in the NFL. Um, and he's a Christian athlete that's on the show a lot. Uh, one of my favorites is the <laughs> Jason calls him the Korean Cosell, but his name is Steve Kim. And Steve Kim, uh, he he must be a comedian uh, slash sports guy because he's extremely funny uh, and he has great stuff. So he, I'm just wondering if he's kind of like a Joe Rogan type who. You know, is a comedian, knows a lot about sports, especially boxing. I think he's a boxing guy, but he knows a lot about football. And uh, he's, he talks with Jason quite a bit about football. And then um, they have these, uh, they have this group he calls Tennessee Harmony that are on fairly regularly. And it's, uh, it's two pastors. The pastor's names, uh, I think, are Anthony Walker and... Bobby Shrum, Shrum, Shrum. Uh, really interesting guys. Really fun to listen to. And Jason gets into it with them, uh, you know, kind of on his learning journey uh, about Christianity and kind of uh, biblical principles, things like that. So that's really fun. So I like listening to that. Um it's really interesting. It's interesting because a few of these folks, their evolution into Christianity has been really interesting over the past few years. Um, Adam Curry, for one, definitely has become 
become a Christian in the meantime, a believer. I even think he's impacted Joe Rogan uh, to some lesser degree, but I think even Joe's getting some curiosity. Jordan Peterson, uh, the first time I heard Jordan Peterson ever talk about God was a little bit like, uh, well, I live like I believe there's a God. And, you know, well, that's a start. I think he's really evolved from that point of view. Uh, well, I'm sure he has, especially all he went through. So that's really interesting. And so these guys kind of have a lot of things in common. Getting back to core values, uh, the importance of male leadership, the importance of the biblical view, uh, the core values that made America free first before we were ever great because it was the freedom that allowed us to become great. We didn't start off great and then became free. Uh, well, it's the other way around. So these fundamental Christian values and the belief system are really, really critical. And, you know, when I was a kid, I really appreciated, um, there was a man, Gail Sayers, you know, this is uh, before all your time probably, but he was a great Chicago Bears running back, had a short career cut due to injury. But and interesting about Gail Sayers was he he wrote a book called I Am Third that was made into a movie called Brian's Song. And it was about a teammate of his named Brian Piccolo who, who died, I, I believe, of cancer at an extremely young age. I mean, during his playing career, his very short playing career and, and died of cancer. Um, very young man. Uh, so that, that, that's what the movie's about and the book is about. But what I liked, you know, the I Am Third title comes from, you know, Gail's belief that, you know, it was God first, family, and then you in that order. And I always thought that was a, a compelling prescription for life. Um, and it was, it was a good movie. It's, you know, it's dated. I... I have to go watch that sometime again, but it, it's probably, uh, geez, had to be from the early, you know, mid-70s, maybe even before that. So it goes way back. It's a great story for sure. I'm not sure if it was a great movie or not. I was a kid, but I enjoyed it. Um, well, we're going to get into a few I just have a few clips I'm going to play today, so it's going to be a quick show. But I wanted to get something back, get this thing going, get some guests on, and, you know, sort of revisit my energy. So the uh, new quote of the day, <laughs> the quote of the day is uh, one of my favorites from Thomas Sowell. <laughs> It takes considerable knowledge just to realize the extent of your own ignorance. Many folks could learn from that statement. Um, my coach, kind of my high school coach, Dave Lynch, he he had a saying that it's kind of it's very similar in, in when you boil it down. But it was about the kind of people that you could have on a team, and you know what was the best the best kind of player to have on a team and the worst kind of player to have on a team went something like this. Uh, you know, the the worst, the best player to have on a team is, is the player that knows he's good but doesn't think he's that great. Um, the, the second best player is the one that's good and knows he's good. But the worst player is the one that thinks he's good, but he isn't good. So it's a little bit like that. Re having the uh, the realization that we're not that smart and we have a lot to learn. And the smarter you are, the more you don't know. That's kind of the, uh, the principle behind Dr. Soul's statement. I always like that. Um, yeah, so today... Uh, since we brought up Jason and he's new, I've got a really, one of my favorite clips from Jason. It's a little bit long, so it's three or four minutes, and I'm going to let it play. 
but it starts off and I'll, I'll have the link to this show. The whole show is really good. I'm just going to play a really small clip. But Jason's uh, explanation of the founding fathers in the Constitution is really brilliant. And he does it in the context of, you know, diversity. Uh, what does he call it? D-I-E. Uh, diversity, inclusion, and equity. And how that's like killing us. And he has some really interesting reasons why it's killing us. So I'm going to play this clip, uh, we're, it, and it starts off with, yeah, I'm really sorry about, I'll apologize in advance. It starts off, you have to listen to the view and those morons, and there's some cuck on the, on the view who's going to espouse some seriously deranged nonsense. But you've got to listen to that because it sets up Jason perfectly. Uh, and and that this clip was part of uh, Jason's show. So enjoy the clip. Uh, I'll come back and break it down when it's all over. But uh, here's Jason Whitlock. This is from episode uh, 253, and you're gonna have to listen to the view first, and then and then Jason will take it from there. Let's play the clip. The Constitution is kind of trash. Now, let's just, again, let's just talk as adults for a second. What did you say? It's what? It's kind of trash. Trash. It was was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They didn't ask anybody to look like me what they thought about the Constitution. Mm -hmm. They didn't say, oh, Jim, come over here. What do you think about this old Constitution? Well, Massa, I sure don't like how you sell my children. (laughs) Um, But I got to say, this King George, he needs to be stopped. My my grandpappy used to say, ain't no taxation without representation for Massa. Like, that's not what happened. Right? Okay. This document was written without the consent of black and brown people in this country and without the consent of women in this country. And I say if that, if that, if that is the starting point, mm-hmm. the very least we can do is ignore what those slavers and colonists and misogynists thought and interpret the Constitution in a way that makes sense for our modern world. That's do you want the to rewrite starting it? Line. Do you want to rewrite it? I could. If you could see Jason's face right now, it's priceless. So again, that that in a nutshell, that minute is the mindset driving diversity, inclusion, and equity. And it sounds good until you actually analyze what he's saying as a believer or as a person with common sense. He's not debating. And diversity, inclusion, and equity don't debate the merits, the substance of what the founding fathers did. It debates their race and debates their sin. He can't hold, and none of these people can hold an argument, uh, sustain an argument that like, hey man, these founding documents are inappropriate or inaccurate or unhealthy or didn't create the greatest nation uh, in the history of the planet. They can't have that argument in discussion. And so they're not having that argument in discussion. It's an argument without merit, without substance. He wants to take you to an emotional argument. No one that looked like me did this. No women did this. I don't care who did it. The documents stand the test of time. The documents created the fairest, most safest place for women on the planet. The documents created the fairest, most safe place, most prosperous place for black people on the planet. You'll never hear him argue against that. Those are facts. Women and black people enjoy more freedom, prosperity, protection here under those documents than any place else on the planet. Those founding fathers, flawed as they were, took Christian principles and laced them throughout our founding documents and created the greatest country in the history of the planet. I don't care what color they were. 
What I care about is like, what inspired them? Oh, the Bible. This is indisputable. The Bible inspired them to create those self-perfecting documents. The documents that laid the foundation for the ending of slavery and created more prosperity, more freedom, more opportunity, more protection for black people and women than any place on the planet. Clip of the day. Indeed, it was. Man, Jason really nails it there. And if you listen, there's a, there's a couple other segments in the show which are just, yeah, it's so inspiring and mind-bogglingly logical. Uh, you, you you hear the guy, I mean, you can, de- I, I don't even want to waste time deconstructing what he said because it was, it was so vile and stupid. But Jason really calls it out, which is, the Constitution and the freedom that it enabled is what made America the most prosperous country in the history of mankind. Not in some history, not in the last hundred years, in the most successful country, the most successful experiment in the history of mankind the safest, the richest, one of the largest, the fattest. You can go down the list. Um, There's really almost any metric, except for maybe uh, intelligence. I think we've gotten dumber. But other than that, this place, it's it's really, uh, it's as good as it ever has been. And that's that's not even just the United States. That applies to the entire world. Uh, just do a little history study before, well, well, you know, before they're rewriting it, because they are rewriting history. But if you, if you look back at history, um, things were a lot tougher for everybody for a long time. And uh, since the last few hundred years since the United States was formed, Yeah, things got quite a bit better for everyone. Um, And that's that's not an easy thing to to compare. And it doesn't mean everybody's done great. (laughs) Uh, No, there's, there's still plenty of things we can do better and plenty of things, plenty of challenges we have. But in general, the world's richer. Everybody eats a lot better, and um, that is that is just the fact. Uh, you know, ignore that at your own peril. And then to, you know, to compare a lot of what these people do is they compare uh, life today, and 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 put those standards against people that lived two, three, four, five hundred years ago, like Columbus. Or, yeah, George Washington or whoever. And, uh, you know, Jason got into the slavery conversation a little bit, in, uh, not in that part, but in some other parts of this very same video. And he made some very good points, um, which actually are quite logical. You know, he makes the point every, uh, every race, color, and creed was a slave at one time. Every race, color, and creed had slaves and bought slaves and traded slaves and abused slaves. Uh, That actually goes back to, yeah, biblical times. So the the slave trade, the slave industry, well, it still goes on today. So, yeah, that's just been exposed as a, you know, a red herring that's been used to divide people and uh, quite successfully. So I think, you know, uh, moving on from Jason, uh, I'm going to put the show notes in there. I highly recommend his show and listening to uh, especially some of the guests he has. Um, It's 
been a, it's been a good journey for me. Well, that transitions us to the next segment. This is going to be, uh, <laughs> this is just a one-time segment. Since it's been so long, I'm, I'm going to, I did my top 10 I told you so segments. And uh, I'm not quite as good as Alex Jones, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the list of the things that actually are in my podcasts, my previous podcast that I mentioned, and uh, seemed like they've all turned out to be correct. You know, they were, they were theories at the time, but, uh, and not conspiracy theories. <laughs> they were actual theories. Um, conspiracy theories is just what the, uh, the feds use to try to discredit people that know the truth. Uh, so let's go through. Uh, I don't have a jingle for this one, so we'll, we'll use the theremin. Top 10 unwired facts uh, called over the last three years by me. Number 10, COVID was a psyop. Well, that's a fact. COVID was the best marketing campaign ever, maybe even surpassing Apple's 1984 Super Bowl ad as the ultimate head fake. Um, millions around the world were convinced that the flu was going to kill them. <laughs> it turns out uh, that it was the vent protocol and the vaccines that will kill you, or the isolation, or the masking, or the fear that were far more dangerous than the common cold uh, slash flu, which COVID really was. So great scam, boys. Great psyop. Uh, you know, way to go, Fauci and the rest of the clowns that were behind all that. Uh, Johns Hopkins and the CDC and the FDA and yeah, Burks and the military and everybody who took part. Congratulations. You're all evil. Uh, no, <laughs> number nine, uh, nobody really died of COVID. Well, since COVID wasn't real, that's just a fact. Because you can't die of something that doesn't exist. Uh, you can look it up. The U.S. death rate, the monthly death rate from all causes didn't change during the co-fraud. And um, supposedly the deadliest pandemic ever in the history of mankind, but nobody died. Huh, rut row. No one's ever explained that. No one can explain that. And of course, the flu disappeared at the same time. So you can come to your own conclusions. Number eight, no such thing as COVID virus. So some artists rendered this furry little red thing with spikes on it. And that was supposed to be the scary spike protein virus known as SARS-CoV-2 that was going to destroy the planet. Well, unfortunately, no live virus was, has ever been isolated that looks like that, that is like that, that behaves like that. Now, and all of the uh, head faking in with the lab leak story and the bats and the you know, I don't know, the fish market in Wuhan. and That's just all bogus. And there's no proof or evidence of any of this stuff. Uh, so, sorry. Hate to burst your bubble. Uh, no one's going to admit this because you, you don't want to believe that you're such a sucker. But, you know, P.T. Barnum was right. And, of course, you know, Worse than that was that these things were tested. So there was no virus, but they were tested with something that wasn't even a test. Uh, you know, they were using PCR to fake the test. And um, I mean, you can you can also look this up on the uh, the interwebs. Mr. Kerry Mullis, uh, the inventor of the PCR test. He's, he's, he's publicly on, well, he's publicly saying a couple things. One, he's saying Fauci was a liar and a fraud. Uh, he's also on the record saying that the PCR tool, it's, it's a tool, um, it's basically for making copies of um, DNA material. But uh, 
He said, "Never, you know, can't use that for a test. <laughs> this is the inventor of the uh, technology. So, uh, and I have that clip too, by the way. If you know, it's it's in the show notes of one of my podcasts. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the number eight. No such thing as COVID. Seven, liar, liar, pants on fire. Well, that's a fact. Quack Fauci and Quack Burks lied so well during the pandemic that they were giving medals by the U.S. president. And who was that president? Donald J. Trump. One of the most disappointing things about Trump, and there were many, but one of the biggest things was the way he went along. You could tell in the beginning his gut was there was something fraudulent going on, but he went along with it. And then he doubled and tripled down and tried to take, he tried to take, uh, tried to take the vaccine and make that a positive uh, and, and take credit for it even. And I think that backfired. Um, I think had he stood up for the American people, maybe things could have turned out different. I think his, I'm just guessing, but I think his strategy was that if he really went along with it, they couldn't blame any bad things that happened on him, which was laughable because they were going to blame it on him anyway. So if you're going to get blamed, you might as well do the right thing. That's my advice to politicians and people in general. But he's getting blamed. Uh, number six, NBA complicit in the psyop. Fact, Rudy Gobert clearly started the pandemic. And you ask, who is Rudy Gobert? Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, the cancellation of the NBA season in 2020 started, or at least at minimum, minimum really intensified the panic and justified all the other dummies and cucks to follow suit. Somehow, Rudy Gobert was tested positive. And I mean, this is early in 2020. There were no such thing as COVID tests at that point in time. So I'd love for one of the quote-unquote experts to explain that to us, how they were able to test for a virus that didn't exist with a test that didn't exist. Wow, that's interesting. Um, And by the way, this entire story is laid out in Unwired podcast number 26, called the Gobert Syndrome. Uh, Gobert, Rudy Gobert is a French basketball player. Actually, he's a, he's a defensive specialist, and he's, um, I think he's seven foot one or seven two. He's very long. Um, and a good defender, good player. Um, but he's the one that, in a post-game interview, which started the whole thing, he... He, he uh, I think, you know, he realized that it was a bunch of bull crap. And he, he goofed around and touched the microphones that he was talking on with his hands. And everybody just freaked out, you know, like somehow he just transferred, uh, you know, COVID to everybody. It was really bizarre. But it was like they just took the chance to... Uh, to shut down the league and that kind of shut down. That started the the dominoes. Um, so that's number six, NBA complicit in the sign-out. Number five, some athletes stood up. Fact. Well, others had can say, I told you so too, Kyrie Irving, who wouldn't take the vax and, and who couldn't play at home games in New Jersey and other corrupt places because he wouldn't take the jab. Uh, Turns out Kyrie Irving was right. Jonathan Isaac was right. Um, Haven't seen any of these long, heartfelt apologies from the lamestream fake news media uh, to say they're sorry to these two gentlemen because they slandered them. And I really wish they'd... I don't know why they don't sue. Um, Maybe they had to make a deal get back in the league, or I don't know what it was. But they were slandered. Uh, and I, from at the, In the legal standard, in the legal sense, I think they'd have a case. 
Kyrie Irving was just unbelievable. But many others. Uh, that Green Bay Packers quarterback was was also slandered quite a bit because he <laughs> he came up with some workaround that nobody yeah couldn't use the horse paste so he found another way and then uh, that didn't seem to work anyway number five some athletes stood up in facts and yes they did and so thanks for that boys uh, four pharma equals snake oil fact pharmaceutical industry however did provide one great service to everybody during the pandemic uh they helped everyone including uh you know legal professionals on how to understand the meaning of indemnification look it up number three medicine and doctors have lost the script to their oath fact Medical boards, public institutions, public health quote-unquote experts prove one thing conclusively. They are nothing more than glorified rat poop inspectors. Please keep your health care opinions to yourselves, everyone in those corrupt bodies in every state. You've not helped anyone I know, and you've hurt a lot of people that I know. So, as far as I'm concerned, you can go away. FDA should be abolished. That's a fact. That's number two on the list. I told you this long ago, but the FDA, really along with all the governmental TLAs, should, should be obliterated. They should be crushed up, smashed up, sent to jail, a lot of them. Uh, they're completely captured and corrupt and incompetent and and also not helping the American people. Uh, you know, that's just the sad truth. So I, I don't think these things can be um, somehow fixed. I think they have to be taken down and we have to start over. Uh, number one, I told you to buy land, guns, ammo, and food. <laughs> New advice. <laughs> Buy guns, buy ammo, get prepared for tough times. 2024 is shaping up to possibly exceed the insanity of 2020. So that's my that's my top 10. I told you so's. Uh, keep it going. Um, probably won't do that segment again, but just had to get those things off my chest. Um, well, it's time for some shameless plugs. So last segment of the show. Um, first check out my blog at wiresworld.net slash blog uh, this is my uh, also has my recent musings on uh, artificial intelligence AI um, in, including some primers on how you can actually understand how it really works and what it really is and when you when you start to you know look under the hood it's it's actually quite basic these are the components of AI are all things we we can understand. And if if you spend any time in technology or writing some software or even as a hobby, you can understand the components of, of AI. You can also understand that it's not taking over the world anytime soon. Um, it's it it's it's a shame to call it artificial intelligence. Uh, you can call it artificial. But there's no intelligence. It's just, uh, you know, if then else, skip logic that is programmed. Uh, it's algorithms. It's machine learning. It's uh, yeah, I mean, machine learning is a little bit of an exaggeration. It's you know, storing up data that's useful uh, to look up responses and answers. And um, they've got it close enough to where it appears to be natural language. At least you can use natural languages to talk to it. So, you know, the prompt engineering, natural language part of it, it's improved a lot. I, I, I would admit that. Um, but does it think? Uh, 
yeah, you can make great cat pictures, you know, of anything you want with, you know, your best friend's head on, on the cat, uh, doing terrible things. Yes, that all works. It's fantastic. Um, not going to change the world, not going to create uh, the Terminator. Um, that's, that's quite a ways off. Even for this to really be useful, there, there's, to, to me, it's, it's go, AI is going to be a tool that we can use uh, to maybe optimize things, maybe build better software, uh, build software faster. I don't know about better software, but yeah, maybe build software faster for sure. Uh, have less errors in the software, less bugs, things like that. Uh, could be real uh, value from AI. Also, I I did write, speaking of uh, AI, I, I did write a little piece on OpenAI, which is the one of the leading companies out there building these tools. And they were invested in by Microsoft and then seemed to be on top of the world. They just had their big dev day you know, a few weeks ago. And, and they have a leader, Sam Altman, uh, who's reminds me of Zuckerberg quite a bit, which is not a good thing. But uh, but that whole thing imploded. So I did write a little bit about that. And they, they've kind of stitched it. You know, it's Humpty Dumpty. They put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But um, not sure if... Uh, yeah, not sure what's going to happen there. It's interesting. Lots of billions involved, so you never know. And then um, you can also uh, so anyway, look up look up uh, wiresworld.net.blog if you want to donate. It's wiresworld.net/slash/donate. Uh, I appreciate anything you can afford to give, and this is a value for value show. Any of you know agenda folks know what that means. Um, I'll explain it more uh, in one of the upcoming shows. And you can follow me on No Agenda Social. I am at Sir Wire. Uh, I have I have accounts on Locals and Truth Mobile and Gavin a couple, of, but I really don't do much social media. So, uh, but and those are all under at Wires World. My website is wiresworld.net. It's where you can find all my stuff, what I do for a living, and, uh, my companies and. Uh, the blog, you can find this podcast and a bunch of other goodies. So in any case, um, that's my show for today. It's a short one. Just wanted to get back on the uh, on the saddle, start putting some content out and start um, bringing in some real compelling guests. I did get a, uh, just to close, I got one good story. In one of the shows, we had a very special guest on and we we talked about some technology, uh, sleep technology, and um, that show ended up um, creating a merger and acquisition event for the guest, and it was a very successful outcome because the person heard the show. So the, the venture capitalist heard the show. So that was, we did something good. I don't remember receiving my... Uh, a check, but uh, <laughs> maybe it's in the mail. Anyway, anything we can do to, to help, fantastic. All right, people, it's been fun. It's been real, but it hasn't been real fun. I'll see you soon uh, on the next, uh, next show, next version of Unwired. Um, this was Unwired episode 34. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone in your families, and uh, I look forward to the next edition. Thank you. Over now.
Like a holiday